0: I think the number 1 prerequisite for being a fantastic adventurer is courage. I said it before. AOA anyway, that's a triple play. Do apps as a canway. Open your mind at the first gate. Press play no need to debate. Wife. What is going on ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, welcome back to the AOA Show. I'm your host as always, Ian, along with the boy Isaiah.
1: yo hi
0: And today we're talking more Tower of God, part two of our discussion uh, covering what episodes again, Isaiah? Uh,
1: 278... Sorry. 296. 296. Put him on the spot.
0: (laughs) My man. He just normally knows. And I, and I always I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah. Hidden floor. Jihad beating the hell out of people. You know, the fun (laughs) stuff. But anyway, part two of our discussion is today We're covering another five questions that may have not gotten the highest upvotes, but were very interesting questions. Let some other people's voices be heard that maybe weren't already, or some pretty close uh, upvoted questions in terms of the top seven. So, here today to discuss it. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. But before we get into that, we want to go over our comment of the day. Um, I will be honest, for this one we had to pull a comment from the video prior, so our prior, prior discussion, just because at the time of recording, um, the snow is coming down really heavy, so it was hard for us to meet up, and because of that, we haven't edited and had our question answered from our other discussion yet, so you don't even know that it's there, but then you do, because it's time travel shit. So anyway, we're going to hit it with this one, and then we'll get we'll come back around in our next videos, but this one today comes from Queenie Long, uh, says... Wave controller was the answer. We asked what was Bomb's position. Uh, says for the rest of this arc, fifty percent of this channel will just be all of us roasting Jihad, and I'm here for it. And so are we. To be completely honest with you, I'm I'm so ready for it. <laughs> but anyway, let's get into this discussion, Isaiah. If you would love to take it away with that first question, um, we get on with it. Uh, first question
1: comes from uh, Riru. That's a lie. <laughs> it's up. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Big fat liar. Um, <laughs> you've made me a fool. Uh, the first question actually comes from Irene Sharda. Um, they say, surprise, Kuhn has ice and spearbearer talents. Kuhn had to learn a lesson here and could not progress in his own power without conquering his own pride. How do you think his experience here on the hidden floor will influence his power levels in the future, his dreams for the future, as well as his attitude towards his father and the blood he inherited? Um, so they, it's, it's, this is just really, it's great, um, because Kuhn, so like he has to learn, like, uh, the question states that pride is in everything. And if he's going to get ahead, uh, if he's going to progress, if he's going to get stronger, um, which he, you know, we realize that he wants to be for Bam. He doesn't want to become a burden. Um, it's going to require training and it's going to require putting effort into something that he's not a hundred percent like sure of the outcome, which is something we know he's not, crazy about doing you know from the rip um but this arc is great for that because it's you know one because it's it's none other than his father in a sense even though it's the past version who sort of spawns that and it's like hey I don't know what's going on with you or like what you and the future me like got going on but like if you're if you got beef with me like wouldn't you want to train and get stronger like it you know it's this weird like uh you know duality thing because Kuhn is someone who's so incredibly naturally gifted and naturally talented and has these amazing Kuhn genetics that if he were to apply himself and and train and put effort into honing a skill, he'd probably easily succeed most of the party in terms of like the time it takes for him to get to an excellent amount of strength or, or acquire a new skill. But that 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 is something he's not fond of doing because he sees it, up, at least up until this arc, as a pointless endeavor, right? He already he knows how strong his father is. He knows you know, because of whatever the events were that happened between him and his father, or maybe even just him and his family. Um, you know, it feels like a fool's errand to him. He's like, yeah, okay, but I'm not, I'm never going to be kun Eden strong. I'm never going to be that powerful. Like I'm never going to be able to dethrone this man. So like, I'm not a fan of putting all my effort into something that's never going to like, that's, you know, that like just struggling to survive. But then he has that flashback with Maria that reminds that coupled with being now and traveling with Bam and sort of seeing how Bam has had to like all the things Bama struggled with to gain said powers that like this isn't, you know, maybe that's not such a hindrance after all. And that maybe that there is credit and there is weight and value to trying and struggling to survive. And maybe there is even beauty in it. And, and you know, that is in turn sort of what awakens this new, you know, vigor in him and, and gets him his new, his ice power uh, as a spear bearer. Um, I think it's going to teach him that in the future, this, this endeavor that he wants to be head of the family is not something that he's going to be able to, like, wait for, wait to come to him or, you know, big brain scheme around. Like, he's going to have to fight for it, and it's going to be a struggle, and it's going to be hard. But, like, you know, to coin a, a, a well-known phrase, nothing worth having is easy to get. Um, you know, th- that just that in itself is what's going to make that position all the more valuable for him when he does finally, you know, if and when he does finally get it because he had to work for it. He had to fight for it. He had to, you know, struggle just to get it. Um, and, you know, that's just, that's, good character growth for anybody, right? I mean, that's just a good life lesson. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah.
0: Honestly, mirror a lot of the points that Isaiah had. Uh, I think it'll be interesting. I mean, we kind of already have the the clue here, but Kuhn has always been in search of, whether he realized it or not, something to fight for, something to struggle for. And there is beauty and struggle in that sense. Um, but if it is for naught or if it is for nothing, then what's the point, right? So, like, Kuhn never at least from the way I see it, felt compelled to, you know, go forward and and swallow his own pride and and put his life on the line and his, and his talents and such, um, because he had nothing to do it for, nothing was worth it. Um, he kind of, I almost think, thought that some of it was going to just come to him in that sense, where he's like, I'm going to, you know, take over the family, I'm going to do all this kind of thing. But with the introduction of Bomb, um, we definitely get Part of that reason, what he's willing to put his life on the line for, what he's willing to struggle for, uh, and just beyond Bomb himself as an individual, I think even it extends to maybe some of Bomb's ideals and what it is he does as a character. And through Bomb's actions, he shows you know the goodness in people. He shows what it means to be a genuine person, etc. So I think Kuhn gravitates to not just Bomb as an individual, but all of those ideologies. Um, wrapped up into one neat bow but that's my thoughts on it so thank you for the question so getting into the second question here we have by Vladimir says what makes one the greatest adventurer of all time what constitutes being an adventurer in the first place is it one's strength skill ingenuity or enthusiasm for adventure and then he uh, includes a panel of jihad uh, talking to Ms. Cheney and she's saying, you know, is the greatest adventurer in the tower. He's the greatest adventurer in the tower. So, yeah, I think it's a conglomerate of all of those things that you had mentioned. Um, and I think I think enthusiasm definitely gets put to the forefront in my mind when it comes to being um, a great adventurer, knowing that you can do it, willing to take the risks. I think courage would be something that could be incorporated with all of these uh, skills, along with strength and enthusiasm, ingenuity, you know, battlefield smarts, etc. And I and I think that's why jihad is so battlefield savvy when he fights someone, like he fully analyzes their, you know, their weaknesses, their strengths, the environment around him. If they're, you know, they're trying to get plans um to get a one up on him in this scenario and he sniffs it out within a second cuz he's he has this awareness about him um which i love characters like that that at least have that sort of fighting style and that and that way of thinking it's almost like instinct that they have um so he definitely is an uh, example of that to the to the highest amount and it all just goes to show why he is you know, why he is king um, and why he was able to climb this tower with these companions that he that he's there for it. He uh, he has all of these skills wrapped up into one. So those are my thoughts personally.
1: Yeah, I mostly echo um, the things you said. Jihad like SIU, you know, we read some of the blog posts recently um, and SIU makes it a point to say, you know, way back in the chapters when uh, data jihad is first introduced that, Jihad is, you know, this somewhat, he's not this, like, force of nature, stoic, you know, very, like, I am king, you know, like, kind of guy, but, um, you know, in that he's got this goofiness to him, he's got this, like, you know, arrogance, this little bit of, like, you know, cockiness, you know, uh, per se, but, that stuff doesn't come with like naiveness and foolishness, that he is a natural born genius when it comes to manipulating Shinsu, when it comes to like learning how to fight. Um, and like you said, when it comes to having a sort of like battle awareness and, and tactical instinct, um, you know, just in the, you know, the fight that we saw recently with him in Macheni, Jihad clearly is somebody who has fought you know, a stupid, in a stupid number of battles and, like, just understands how to fight. Like, he understands how to analyze the situation his opponents for their weaknesses, strengths, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, and also understands how to, like, prioritize things in a fight, right? So, like, again, in this fight here, Macheni is throwing everything she's got at this dude and she's got the lightning pill and she's got, like, all her super fast, you know, sword skills and stuff, but he's able to quickly and easily dismantle not only her but Icardi, who is providing her the support, right, because you take out her support, then she, like, that's one, like, he he just, he displays this very, you know, innate understanding of, like, I know how to fight, and I know, like, what to do in a fight. Like, I know how to win, almost. And like you said, it it, it does go to this fact of, like, well, he's, he, he acquired the pos- this position of king for a reason. I would wager to say that maybe one of the only people that might have been on his level was V. Um, but, you know, since V killed himself... Um, yeah Jihad is unopposed in in that that level, right, of, of battle savviness and understanding. So, uh, yeah, I think he he is a, the greatest adventurer because <laughs> he is like he just knows uh, he knows what he's doing.
0: Yeah, I mean, to add one more thing on to the end, like I said before, I'd like to really echo the point that I think I think the number one prerequisite for being a fantastic adventurer is courage. I said it before, but I really do think the more I analyze this question and and kind of hear some of the thoughts um it's that jihad obviously has changed from when he was initially coming into the tower with these folks but from what it seems like jihad was the one to inspire all of these people to follow his lead when coming into the tower and a lot of that took courage to face the unknown to scale each floor and not know what sort of tests or anything would be brought upon you right now in the tower i mean like you kind of get that, obviously, and it takes courage to climb it. But the tests and the the whole scope of it has kind of changed in the sense that Jihad has now put mashed this into some you know sort of well oiled machine, at least in his, ter- his terms, not for everyone else. Um, but there was a lot of unknown elements, especially when they when they first came here. So I think his sense of adventure is definitely spurred on by his courage, and I think that's what helped the other people of the 10 great families to gravitate towards him and to follow his lead, because that comes with some a sort of charisma. It's kind of hard to knock someone for so long um, without just looking incredibly petty when they are just so forthright in their, you know, in their courage and their strength to just carry on with something. Right. It's easy to, to knock it where it's like, Oh, that's not going to work. That's not going to do something, but it's like jihad's living proof that, you know, just like whatever the naysayers say, like I'm gonna go and do it. Unfortunately, he was incredibly corrupted as he went up, but I think his initial, the the young Jihad, uh, his courage was definitely the the number one quality that he possessed that let him become the best adventurer that there is. So,
1: okay. Uh, next question that we have is from Riru. Uh, they say it was revealed the data Miss has always wanted to fight Jihad, but it's a wish. That her outside self can't achieve. Do you think that the outside Machini truly gave up on this goal? How how has your opinion on why she wanted to beat Yuri for the Green April changed? Um, So yeah. I I definitely do believe that the reason that young Machini is taking advantage of the situation. Is you know like again like the question states. Because she literally can't on the outside. And I don't think it's a manner of willpower per se. As in like she gave up. I do think that there is a. Fail safe. Let's just say that Jihad has in place where none of the princesses physically can challenge him, um, because that just seems smart. <laughs> if you're going to be someone like Jihad who has this blood that is, you know, just so powerful, like why would you just be giving it to people like just because they're cute or just because like whatever? It's like no, you you know, you give somebody a taste of the power, and they're eventually at least some of them are gonna want more, right? Or or or, or test their mettle, so to speak, against the the uh, the origin of that power so as someone like jihad who at least again from context we know or have surmised to be somebody who's pretty you know pretty cautious and pretty paranoid um i don't think it's out of the question that he would put a fail safe uh in display here which we see in Endorsey, when Endorsey meets data jihad um and we see it for a minute although Macheni is eventually able to shake it off uh happen with her where i do believe there's a literal fail safe where like once the princesses come in contact with either Jihad's Shinsu or maybe it's that third eye of his, like there's something about the blood in that they have in them that like, you know, activates or, or, or connects and like literally puts them in like a state of like paralysis where they can't oppose him. They can't fight him, uh, which would make sense and would validate him giving them that kind of power. Like, yeah, you're stupid strong. You could probably fight anybody in the tower, but don't think about fighting me. Um, but I do, so with that being said, and with the end of this question, I do think that the validity of Miss Jenny wanting to get the Green April from Yuri is that, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Miss Cheney outside Miss Jenny, already has two months series, or she has one, right? She's the Yellow May. Yellow May. So if she gets the Yellow May and the Green April, I think there might be something to be said. S- something that might be said. Something. <laughs> there might be something said. That, like, much like we saw with Yuri getting the two weapons together, she might think will give her the power to like break that spell and then, like, you know, allow her to oppose jihad. Um, because I believe in the uh, like, you know, flashbacks and stuff in the initial story, that was what happened with uh, oh, forgetting the other princess's name, the first princess that goes insane,
0: can't remember her name, yeah, either, but um, I get
1: the point, yeah, who has the you know, which they touted as having. Uh, the two, you know, two of the month weapons, or, or collecting more, more as many of the month weapons as she could. So maybe Miss Chenny believes that there is some link between acquiring X amount of month series weapons and being able to oppose and or and maybe defeat jihad mm. so it's my
0: yeah thoughts. she might um she might be in the loop that the 13 months have to come together to form right because that's what has to form the second portion of the key, key besides yeah. the rings so she might have a lot of things going on where it's like she knows but it's like she's on another level than our protagonist right now so it's like she's like I'm already 12 steps ahead of you guys like I'm kind of trying to do my own thing here you know uh, to try and usurp this power because big big boy things are going on up top here in the tower I don't know there could be something like that I that would be curious to see and mm-hmm. I mean she is stupid powerful from what we've from the small glimpse that we got from her in the data version so I can only assume she's got to be up there as like one of the strongest princesses at least that would be my guess um, you know because she comes from a family she's just incredibly gifted the whole nine so and she seems pretty confident with that so I, I think that she may have some sort of ulterior good guy motive in that in that case i don't know that'll be interesting to see and i don't think that she has fully given up to answer the question on maybe fighting jihad but maybe she realizes how much of a disadvantage she like there's no way she's going to be able to do it solo so she's got some like coon level scheme going on which that would be my guess yeah she
1: doesn't she doesn't strike me, uh, at least from what we saw in that last uh, couple of chapters, with that f- that fight, like the level of passion. That I don't feel like that's something that would have died out, and she'd be like, ah, whatever. Like, I feel like again, because she comes from the a family like the Coons, she's like, all right, I could beat him. I just got to figure out a loophole around all of this. Um, she doesn't seem like somebody that would just throw down the towel and and you know give up in that regard. Um, plus, I hope it's that method because then I can feel a little bit better about simping on her. Because I'm like, oh, she, she's just trying to overthrow Jihad. She's just taking the long way, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only thing is, I think it's that, like, she's going to have to pull some sideways stuff with getting all the 13 months or, like, some ridiculous sort of sure, thing. Sure, Just like a 1v1. If this data fight was anything indicative of how that's going to go up top, uh, she's going to need a lot of firepower. But anyway, moving on to the next question here we have by Emperor North. Thank you for the question. Dark North says thoughts on Kuhn's mind going quote I'm the one slowing down Bomb's progress. How much is Bomb progressing so that Kuhn is under this much pressure? Is this going to be a potential divide in the team? Uh, I think if there is any sort of divide, I don't think it's anything where Bomb is like Coon. Sorry to tell you, bro, you're off the squad. I don't think you're you're catching up here. Um, quite frankly, uh, the team's lagging because of you. I don't think Bomb would say that really ever. (laughs) I think Bomb is going to do anything in his power to bring anyone along with them, and especially Kuhn and Rack. Um, If there is any sort of wedge, it's probably a self-inflicted one by Kuhn himself. But if this moment with the ice spear and Kuhn kind of getting over his pride was indicative of anything, I think he has the ability to get over that hurdle. But that seems like you know, one of the next potential character arcs that Kuhn is going to have to have, right? Where it's like, he gets over his pride, maybe he sees his father in new light, et cetera. He needs something to fight for. He needs something that's worth struggling for. Um, he needs to know what it is to struggle, like really struggle in the sense where a lot of times he just couldn't be bothered. And I think one of the next things now would be where it's like, okay, am I, am I falling behind? Am I being a detriment now in the sense that I can't catch up in terms of power? So, I don't think it'll be an ultimate wedge, but maybe it'll be a self-inflicted thing by Kuhn, and then Bomb's gonna have to snap him out of it, or Kuhn's gonna have to have some sort of awakening moment. Um, but those are my initial thoughts on the question. What do you got?
1: Uh, yeah, I think it's. I definitely think it's good. Like I like I have said, and will continue to say, one of the things that I really love the most about this arc is how much it's it's forcing these characters to, <laughs> pun intended, look in a mirror and like really reflect and and have some introspection on themselves and what makes them tick and how much farther they can grow from where they're at and if they need to and why all that stuff Um, you know, we see a little bit or we see a significant amount of it with bam, when he finally confronts his sworn enemy viol and, you know, you realize the, you know, what he thinks of that portion of his life and like what that meant to him and, and where he places that in terms of importance and priority, uh as far as like getting to the next stage of his development or his growth. And we see this, you know, in Kuhn with lines like this and again with the whole moment of his awakening with the Ice Spear powers. Um yeah, Kuhn I, I A, I think Bam is progressing at a very fast rate. I mean Bam, that's Bam's hemo, you know, getting slapped with a super powerful move and not dying and then now he has a super powerful move. So Bam's it, it Like, on some level, I get what Kuhn is, where Kuhn must be feeling, because it must be hard to constantly try and stack your power up to somebody like Bam, who just is literally not like on the normal level of how people like progress and get stronger. Um, You know, so just that in itself must be like, oh, shit. All right. He's already got like a magic orb (laughs) um, that can explode or do whatever he wants. Um, But again, you know, it, it does still stand the point that. One of the reasons that Kuhn feels that he's falling behind is because we've hit this blockade now where I feel like Kuhn, a lot of what he's been doing has been coasting by on his natural, you know, God-given talents, and that is only going to get him and has only gotten him this far up to this point. If he's going to get any stronger, if he's if he wants to stay in the mindset of not feeling like a burden to people like Bam, he's going to have to get stronger by means of fighting and fighting for those power-ups, fighting to struggle, you know, and and fighting to survive. Because um, the rest of this journey from here up, I imagine, is not going to be a breeze. It's not going to be something Kuhn can just come up with one plan and then that's it. Nobody has to worry about anything. Um, but like you said, I do believe if this arc and this specifically this moment and, and the Ice Spear moment after are indicative of anything is that Kuhn is capable of that and he is capable of overstepping those hurdles, I would like to see... I I could see Kuhn very much, I guess sort of having a very introspective thing about it, where he sort of like has this thought and then comes to the conclusion on his own that he's like, wait a minute, this is all about me. If I can, you know, if I can learn, you know, if I can grasp this idea and this concept and I can work to fighting for something that I believe in, um, I won't ever fall behind. Um, But I would kind of like to see Bam confront him with this because I feel like Bam hasn't really had any of those moments with any of the main cast. Like a lot of characters have come to Bam and been like bam you need to do this or you need to take it easier you need to think bam really hasn't given any of that back to any of the characters and not to say that i guess necessarily he needs to but i do think it would be a much more harder hitting emotional moment and i do think it would be a much more logical and connective moment if bam is like to come to someone like Kuhn and he's like coon you don't have like i'm not here to like grade you guys right i'm not here like you work at your own pace as long as you are you know willing to fight with me and fight for what's right like you know we're good. You know what I mean? Like, because I think that level of reinsurance is important right? where we're talking about Bam and Kuhn, uh, Bam and Rack, like whoever, anybody in this group, like it is important that no matter what they face going up, they all know and hear it from each other. You know what I mean? Sometimes that's all it, it even if like Kuhn knows in the back of his mind, and Bam knows it. Sometimes it's just saying it right. That that's the difference um, that they're, you know, they got each other's back and they're here for each other. Um, all right. So last question comes from the fire potato. She says, you may have noticed that the red threesha looks quite different. Is it evolving? Does it show some kind of symbolism and predictions to what this could mean? Um, so, yes, I definitely did notice it, look, it looks even more badass now than it did uh, in the last uh, set of chapters that we read. Uh, I do think that there is some symbolism to it because I do think the red threesha and the blue demon guy. <laughs> uh, still don't have a good name coined for him yet. Um, in, in their own way. Are literal symbolism for Bam's character. Right, so I do think that like they represent two different sides of Bam, and I do think going forward, like Bam is actually going to have some sort of counter effect on these two demons in terms of like the stronger Bam gets and the more control and and sense of self that he acquires, it's going to sort of mold and shift these demons in, instead of being these two separate entities to being like literal two halves of like the same coin that it's been Like essentially all three of them are going to, like, come together as this, like, one unit. But in a sense, like, you know, there, there's still aspects of it, obviously, that are, like, each their own individual thing. But, like, it's not going to be so much like Bam, who has the body, and then he's got the red Thresha and the blue guy. Um, it more It's going to be more like Bam- utilizing this side of himself which is like you know courtesy of the blue demon and then bam utilizing this part like but it's all gonna everything is gonna melt together in bam you know what i mean bam is going to like really sort of take and i think that another parallel that i might draw to is someone like jihad who i think actually ended up being the flip opposite where the demon jihad allowed to sort of manifest and take over jihad so now jihad is actually more like a vessel in a sense and the demon is much more prevalent and much more awake and and owns much more of that sense of self than even Jahad himself does like he's almost secondary to the demon where bam i think it's going to be the opposite i think as bam grows and evolves as a character and as a person he's going to force these demons to sort of like come to terms and come together and it's going to be bam with the power of these demons instead of these demons with bam's power you know what
0: i mean yeah i completely agree i think they scale along with bomb and uh Damn, he looks sick. (laughs) He's jacked. He's freaking jacked. It's going to be really cool to see these things get even more developed (laughs) I guess uh you know depending on how far that goes but I think to mirror what Isaiah was saying is that it's obviously not going to be something where it's like they're coming out all the time I think that was like a big symbolism moment where it's like he's grabbing the orb but like he's not actually out there it's like symbolizing that yeah that's bomb but like that's that's the thing inside bomb so I think it's like the whole uh, it reminds me of Naruto when he fi- when he f- talks to his father and he's like why the hell would you put this thing in me and he's like that was rude and his father's like because I knew if anyone could handle it it was you you know and like I think it's that type thing where it's like Bomb has these demons in him that nobody else Jihad included would even be able to withstand without succumbing to its immense power but Bomb is just kind of built different so they'll scale along with him but Bomb is going to rely on his own thing it's it's a trope that's used in a lot of anime. I mean, Jujutsu Kaisen kind of does it as well, where it's like, I'm not using Sukuna's power, I'm using mine, etc. cetera. Um, so yeah, kind of mirroring a lot of the points uh, that Isaiah said there. But anyway, folks, that is the discussion. Those are the questions that we had posed to us today. Thank you very much for posing said question. Isaiah did have a question for you guys that made it to the end of this video for the comment of the day, if you'd like to let him know.
1: So this video's question is, what is the nickname that Wang Nan refers to himself as when we meet him?
0: All right. So there you go, folks. Answer that question, and then type your comment, and we might just read it in one of our next discussions. Don't want to miss it. Uh, If you guys did like the content today, make sure you guys are liking this video. If you are new to the channel, make sure you guys are subscribing and hitting that notification bell so you don't miss any future discussions. Make sure you guys are sharing with your friends because the more the merrier and commenting your thoughts down below. What did you think of our discussion? The questions posed, our answers to them, these chapters, etc. Let us know all those thoughts in the comments down below. Big shout out to our patrons, especially our acolytes of anime. That would be Stoic and Nathan. Couldn't do this without you guys. We love you and your support really goes a long way. Um, And this video is going to come out when the new merch is out, right? Oh, yeah, what's that? Today is the yeah, first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Didn't want to, like, do that thing. And you're like, Ian, you're blowing it again. Because I'm always just like, check this out. And I say, it's like, nobody's supposed to know that yet. <laughs> um, so, new merch is out. Uh, and it is of our mascot, Ayami. So, if you wanted to cop some Ayami swag, you can head over to the AOA merch shop. The link is in our description down below, along with all of the other necessary links for you guys to support the channel. Um, and you can cop some swag with it. So, we're really excited to uh, have these get sold and, and what how it's going to look. And I believe Isaiah ordered one himself. So it's going to be really sweet seeing this, um, you know, just worn (laughs) through all of it. It's going to be really cool. Um, And then I had one more thing. Oh yes. Make sure you guys, if you haven't already are subscribing to our AOA reacts channel. And now for the Tower of God, people more than ever, because you might have been just like, you know what? I'm chilling with Tower of God. I'm escape skate I don't have to subscribe to the other channel. What are they covering? Like, pff, Jujutsu Kaisen? I don't even watch that. Attack on Titan? Overrated, right? Might say something like that. But now you're definitely going to want to go subscribe over there because from here forward, we are putting all of our live read-throughs slash reactions on the AOA Reacts channel. So for any of you that were in our last live stream, you'll know that we streamed it simultaneously on Twitch and AOA Reacts because of our copy strike, copyright strike on the main channel. Um, and we figured, you know what? This is a reaction channel, so it would probably makes sense to put all the reactions on there and live th- read-throughs count as one of them. So we're going to continue henceforth putting all of our live read-throughs, solo leveling, Tower of God, any other webtoons that we might cover in the future, along with our live reactions on AOA Reacts. So, you want to subscribe to that channel, hit that notification bell so you don't miss any future live streams pertaining to Tower of God. But I think that's all the announcements I have. Thank you for bearing with me. We love your faces. And until next time, we will catch you on the flip. Peace. Peace.
1: Ninjas samurais, blaze of a cool Find me in the leaf of the
0: cloud, screaming out Ban We just some ghouls, though. Who likes seeing pods fly?